Attention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and nonconformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are hardwired to change the world. You are listening to the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and I am Rahasia Uncensored where we look at the world not as it is, but as we know it can be, if and only if we have the courage to question the answers we've been given. This is our world, and it's time for us to take it back. Hello, this is Rahasia with the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and today I'm going to be talking to an old friend of mine, and he's undoubtedly uh, one of the craziest, free-thinking, entrepreneurial people I've ever met, but above and beyond that, he's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met, and when I say intelligent, I, I don't mean his ability to just simply memorize a bunch of facts and figures. I mean, his ability to connect the dots and put things together in a comprehensible way to where you sit back. And even if you disagree with them, you have to, you know, these facts could be a pesky little thing. When you sit back and listen to what he's saying, it makes enough sense to make you reevaluate your previous beliefs, which this is what life is about, is uh, we're looking for truth, right? We're not just trying to prove ourselves right. So. I think you're going to enjoy this, and uh, Dr. Hart, he has, uh, well, he's going to tell you a little bit about BioCybernaut, and I can tell you a little bit in this interview about my experience with BioCybernaut in an isolation tank, hooked up with electrodes, and uh, it, it was a great experience. It's actually one of the pivotal changing points in my life. I really needed that at that particular time. I had a lot of forgiveness issues. And uh, it really helped me through that. So uh, as we talk to Dr. Hart, uh, and he's going to explain what he's doing, where he's doing it, and a little bit about that, really listen closely to the very end of the interview, because he's going to be bringing up some uh, issues that are quite, quite important. Everything from AI to the COVID-19 to things that's going on in the world, the solar problems, and he gets into it. And he, he's going to do a good job at explaining it better than I could. So, and remember that this channel is a nonprofit. And uh, if you want to make a small donation, it's always appreciated. You can do that by simply going to www.lotusguide.com forward slash campfire, one word. And uh, we have two ways to do that. One is a GoFundMe and one is a PayPal. And if you want to make that a, a non-taxable donation, just let me know. I'll send you all the information. Let's see, what else? I think that's about it. And we're going to get going here. And um, you're going to be in for a little bit of a treat here. Thank you. We're still alive, Doc. We are. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Oh, my. You're looking pretty good. You're looking wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. I see you and Dara there at 390, 391 San Antonio Road with me. Yeah. 
Ohio and alpha training going on and Miguel and all that good stuff. Yeah, there was some memorable times. Truly, truly. Yep. So um, let me just start this out by telling people a little bit about you. It would take hours to say the whole thing, but uh, Dr. Hart and I, we got to know each other, like I said, in Mountain View. Uh, how, how many years ago has that been? Well, we opened in there in uh, sometime in the latter half. Uh, let's see. It, it, we opened there in 98, and we moved out of there in 2004, end of 2004. So somewhere in that time period. Yep. Let, let me start out by telling people of my experience in the, in the Alpha. And this is the strange thing, too. I, I think I've probably told you this, but when I was sitting there and I got deeper and deeper and deeper into Alpha, for some reason, I thought about an apple and it appeared right in front of my face. And mm -hmm. it was so real, I, I went like this to try to yes. grab it. Yes. Oh, wow, that's sort of trippy. Then the other thing that happened is I was taking advantage of that, that Alpha moment to do some forgiveness work. And my whole consciousness went down into my heart, chest area. And it was the strangest feeling. Like, I think if I could have pictured how I looked like, it looked like my head just got sucked down into my body. <laughs> Strange feeling to be conscious there. Drunvlo would love hearing that story. Yeah, may, maybe that's where we used to be conscious, even in mm -hmm. the Hara, the even mm -hmm. deeper levels. You know, we just assume that consciousness is in our brain, but. At that moment, I felt consciousness in my heart. I mean, yes. I was actually located there. Well, there are yoga exercises where you can put it anyway, your left big toe or, you know, your ring finger on your left hand and, you know, right. you'll put it anywhere. So tell me a little bit about what you've been up to, Dr. Hart. Wow, goodness. Uh, <laughs> well, if we were to go back to uh, when last we saw you, um, gosh, we moved um, to a training center in Santa Clara, right across the street from the San Jose airport. In fact, we were so close to the airport when planes took off, we could see water droplets spinning off the wheels. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, we have soundproof chambers, and so noise didn't bother us. And so uh, we were there for uh, three years, and then uh, ending in uh, July of 2008, in 2006, well, see, back in, back in that, those days, I foolishly believed in global warming. And now I know we're going into a grand solar minimum. And it's, we're, you know, the, all four of the major magnetic fields of the sun are going out of phase. Uh, it'll, it'll be out of phase for three solar cycles. They're 11 years each, so it's 33 years. Last time it happened, it was called the Maunder Minimum. And uh, only two of the cycles went out of phase, but that was six cycles long. Now, that was so cold that they called it the Little Ice Age. The River Thames froze in London. Uh, the Black Sea in Russia froze year-round. They built hotels out on the Black Sea. There was mass starvation, mass migration to the south. It was a global cooling. Uh, the famous Ming Dynasty in China collapsed at that time because you can't grow food, you can't feed an army, and you can't support an emperor. And so... Uh, it's going to be this time so cold that uh, at the four, five bottom years of the cycle, uh, which are 2028 to 2033, 
There will be no food grown outdoors anywhere on this planet north of the 45th parallel. So that's all of Canada, no food. Uh, well, the state of Washington, Montana, North Dakota, parts of Minnesota, certainly Maine, England, Scotland, Wales, Norway, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, most of France, all of Germany, Ukraine, Poland, most of Russia, no food grown in these five years, 2028 to 2033. So there will be, shall we say, major changes on the planet. But at the time, back in 2006 and five, when I really believed in global warming, uh, I bought a house in Canada, out on uh, Vancouver Island. Uh, 10 acres, uh, I expanded it to 8,000 square feet, it was four floors. And uh, I moved the training center there at the end of July of 2008 and uh, set up, ran trainings. It was absolutely fabulous. We had uh, the co-founder of Canada's second largest oil and gas company do the training in December of 08. And he loved it. And he made a $6 million personal grant for scholarships. He sent people from his company, uh, second largest oil and gas company in Canada, he said the ROI on a buyer-seller training was 100. So if he sent somebody for a $20,000 training, the employee he got back, he valued at $2 million more to the company. He also funded the trainings for over 200 Canadian Aboriginals. Wow. Uh, published work on this. One of the papers was published uh, in uh, Advances in Mind-Body Medicine. It's entitled uh, Reductions in Psychopathology in a cohort of male and female Canadian Aboriginals. These people, because of the racism and the massive cultural suppression through the residential schools, or according to Georgina Lightning, a uh, First Nations filmmaker, over half of the Indian children sent there died there. Um, they are as traumatized as returning war veterans. And so we provided the scholarship uh, 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 philanthropists provided um, alpha-1, alpha-2, and alpha-3 for all of them. And if they had mercury fillings, he paid to have them removed. And so it was a really uh, amazing time. I befriended and had the privilege of training famous Indian chiefs and uh, shaman and, and women shaman. And uh, I remember there was one Indian, Cree Indian woman shaman in her early 70s her vocation was running vision quests for leaders, political leaders all over the world. She did her Alpha 2 and her Alpha 3 back to back, only three days in between. And she said it was the most powerful spiritual experience of her life. So this was, uh, I thought, really cool. So, but then I discovered, I had overlooked, it wasn't even known till science until 1955, but there's a huge earthquake fault called the Cascadia Fault that runs offshore from Northern California, past Oregon, past Washington, up into British Columbia. And unlike the San Andreas, which can only make about eight magnitude earthquakes because the rock breaks at that point, the Cascadia Fault is on record up to 9.3. Wow. The FEMA director for District 10, which is the that area at the Northwest corner of America, he said their operating assumption after break in the Cascadia Fault is that everything west of I-5 will be toast. A scientific technical term, toast. And so I figured I would get the heaven out of there. And so uh, my 
office manager and his wife wanted to buy the property. And so they did. And uh, I lived on the top floor. They moved into the top floor. And I continued to rent the lower three floors and continued the training center. Just uh, uh, last, uh, just earlier this month, I completed the removal of all of the precious biosabernaut technology from that location. And it is now safely ensconced over the, on the other side of the Rocky Mountains in, uh, in Alberta near Calgary. I purchased a new property there with uh, almost double the land. It's got 18 acres and a couple of lakes and the house will have to be expanded a little like it was in Victoria, but that's going to be the new Canadian BioCybernaut Center. So shortly after I had established the Canadian Center and we're operating there in uh, July of 2008, in 2009, I went to Germany with uh, uh, help from one of Drundlow's teachers, Tom de Winter, uh, I opened a training center in Southern Bavaria uh, in the Algoi. Now, Bavarians think of themselves as more German than Germans, and the Algoyer think of themselves- They're, they're the more. real Germans. They're the real Germans. The Algoyer, they're even more real Germans than the Bavarians. And so there are farms around us. Some days the loudest sounds you hear are the tinkling of cowbells, and it's incredibly beautiful. The Swiss Alps are, you know, you can see them every day. Uh, the Swiss border is only about a 25-minute drive, so it's way in the deep south of uh, Bavaria. And we have a training center there and uh, five chambers uh, like we have in Canada. Here in Sedona, we have uh, six chambers. So, But to figure out, you know, to catch you up, after uh, opening the German center in uh, uh, founded Biosubber Institute Deutschland in 2009, and we opened the training center there in 2010, and then in 2011, with Drunflow, I bought this building. It used to be here in Sedona. It used to be the, the public library. Well, Drunflow and I formed a company called the Library of Consciousness, and we bought the library, and we turned it into a consciousness center. Now, in December of last year, Drunflow asked me to buy him out. He wanted to more or less retire. He had a high-end film studio, which we've sort of taken over. We may put some uh, chambers there to do some of our new high-end trainings. But uh, so I bought him out. And since uh, December 30, uh, Biosabernet Institute of Arizona has been the 100% owner of this building here, the Library of Consciousness, the former uh, Sedona Public Library. And uh, Is we that are, where you're at right now or are you up in Canada? Yeah. yeah. And Drumflow's office was like right next door, just that way. Yeah, it's been a while since I talked to Drew Ballo. I should yeah. touch base with him. You know, I, I was just talking with somebody. I think you might know him. Uh, David Serrata's dad, Lynn Serrata. Lynn Serrata, that's familiar. Is he in yeah. the feedback era, area? Yeah, yeah. He, he did your training a while back. Okay. <clears throat> Matter of fact, David lives in Canada, and Lynn lives down in Taos, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would just talk. He's a... Uh, sort of an amazing guy. David Serrata is a super good researcher. He took hours and hours of NASA film and really showed where there are definitely things flying around in our atmosphere that um, are unidentified flying objects. Right. You know? But, you know, one, one thing I wanted to sort of see if you could catch me up on. Yes. Um, 
what do you think about the artificial intelligence right now in reference to what you're doing? You'd have to focus that a little bit more. Okay. What do you think artificial intelligence will be able to take what we're doing with things like this, like with Elon Musk and Neuralink mm -hmm. and merging consciousness with technology? Do you think artificial intelligence could take what you're doing off in a different direction or a deeper or a higher level? Well, I have watched videos of Elon Musk's uh, sewing machines, sewing thousands of hair fine wires into um, the brain. And uh, the Opportunity for measurement research, of course, is uh, you know, intriguing, um, but also the opportunity for manipulation control is absolutely uh, over the top. If you have wires in somebody's brain, um, you can stimulate, you can cause them intense pleasure while they're following your orders to kill a bunch of children, uh, or you can cause them intense pain if they refuse to kill those children. Um, and so, um, uh, how is it? Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see a lot of things happening now, like with patent number 2020-060606, the Microsoft, oh, dear. you know, oh, dear. and th that brings up another thing too. I mean, why do they put 666 right in front of us? Like with the HR 6666 right. uh, house well, bill. You, yeah. Well, because <laughs> the Illuminati like their symbols. Uh, and they, you know, want to have it in people's face. Yeah, I think there might be something involved in that where they have to identify themselves. You know, yep. wh whether it's Dracula knocking at your door or Jesus, yes. they yes. have to knock, they have to be identified, and you have and to then invite they can kill them. Yeah, then. And you have to inv invite them into your life. And I don't know. There's so much going on right now, and I see artificial intelligence taking more and more of a role in decision-making, everything from cryptocurrency, mining for it, and I don't know, it just sort of makes me look a little bit deeper into some of the things that are in the news every day. Well, we actually had two mining rigs operating here. We were mining Ethereum. Um, the price of Ethereum crashed dramatically, uh, and so... Uh, every two or three days, uh, the, each rig was producing 0.2 um, um, Ethereum, which at that time was about, uh, a whole Ethereum was uh, $46. So uh, we basically took the rigs apart. And besides, uh, mining became an accounting nightmare because although um, the government you know, can easily, happily track um, what they're doing uh, with your bank account. They can't track what you're doing with your mining rig. And uh, they were not happy. So what, what do you think about what's going on, Dr. Hart, with all the COVID-19? And I noticed when you came in, you had a mask. Do you wear a mask everywhere? Or? Yeah, I have this procedure mask. I have a negative ion generator uh, and I have a plastic face shield 
that concentrates the negative ions around my face. Right. And uh, if I'm going to fly, I'll also wear goggles. And so the negative ions, as you know, um, I can't have them on near a computer or if I'm on the cell phone because they zap the electronics, but they also zap viruses and bacteria that might be in the air near you. And so... Um, yeah, I have an ozone generator that we yes. turn on in the bedroom, you know, just to clear it out pretty good. So I, I take it from what you're just telling me that you're taking the COVID-19 serious? Oh, when I went to Germany in February uh, to lead a training at my center there, uh, I had goggles, a mask, the face shield, and this negative ion generator. So, and Claudette, Drumblow's wife, gave me the Soli space, which is like you put it over your head and it unfolds and it's like a tent. Uh, has a little grid so you can see out of it, but it makes solo space, so. Well, I guess that should keep you safe. Well, uh, but also, uh, you know, do you know about Cliff High, right? You know. Cliff High? Oh, really? Oh, what you, is that? He's a man, uh, lives in Washington. He does amazing research. You got to watch some of his videos. He used to do a thing called predictive linguistics. Um, and he was a top, top, top programmer, troubleshooter for Microsoft in the late 80s. And then he discovered that he could look for patterns in language use on the internet. Now, there are some, some people are very psychic. But, and collectively, humans are, are psychic. Like, you know, there are various indicators that went off the charts on the day Princess Diana was killed or on 9-11. Uh, so people at some level knew that there was going to be a disturbance in the force. And so uh, he was able to analyze patterns of language and make incredible predictive. He called it predictive linguistics. You know, he predicted that the pedophiles would be exposed. Some of them would have to leave the country. He predicted these uh, torrential floods, rivers from the sky. Uh, he predicted silver at uh, $600 an ounce. And then he said later, it's going to be $4,560 an ounce at parity with gold. And then it's going to shoot up higher. And he also said that the big company, it used to be called E-Systems, uh, has been doing incredible amount of research in Antarctica, and 1,500 academic anthropologists are missing from their university departments because they've been hired by E-Systems and sent to Antarctica to study the alien civilization that they're uncovering there under the ice. And he said there's going to be two breakthroughs come from that, uh, one, and they're both going to be critically dependent on silver. One is going to be a device that is going to allow us humans to be telepathic, and the other is a free energy device. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to have to do something like make an aerogel out of silver so that it's like fluffy. Uh, and, uh, you know, a, a one ounce would be like a wire that would be a foot across and, you know, 10 feet long, but only weigh an ounce because they're mostly air. And I think this is the structure of silver that's going to be involved in this free energy device. And he said, you'll have to charge it with a lot of energy, but then it'll just produce energy endlessly. And so silver is just going to shoot the moon. And yeah. so uh, he's a big hero of mine. And he, he said regarding, the, uh, he had some Chinese friends who had elderly relatives in Wuhan. 
And uh, in uh, December, they sent their relatives uh, big packs of chaga mushrooms, and none of them got the COVID. So the things that he recommends for avoiding getting the COVID virus is uh, lots of vitamin C, uh, uh, chaga mushrooms, zinc, vitamin D, uh, and elderberry. And so I've been taking lots of those every day. Yeah, we just ordered some really good zinc. We're taking magnesium, a few other things too, but we're actually in pretty good health. So even if we did catch you it- look spectacular. Yeah, we're, we're still kicking. I just turned <laughs> 72 now. Oh, well, at Biosabernet, you know, people don't have ages. Yeah. The last numbered birthday I had was 26. That was when I heard Ramdas say, if you want to live high, you have to live outside of time. So I sat in my gym clothes for three days in the middle of the floor of my apartment on Noe Street in San Francisco with this enormous big samurai sword, imaginary, thinking of all the ways I was connected to time and when I would find one, I would cut it. I did that for three long days later. Psychics were to say that my nature was that of timelessness. Now That's we probably good advice. We yeah, we celebrate birthdays at Bob Cybernaut. Um, but we put one I bake the cake and we put one candle in the middle because it's the first year of the rest of your life. It's true. And there's a Dr. Sterling, who I've uh, been studying recently, who believes that aging is entirely not partially, but entirely due to dysregulation of a family of proteins called sirtuins. And there's seven of them, SR1 through SR7. And uh, there's various things that can upregulate um, sirtuin. And so it actually can, he believes, reverse aging. Yeah, I know they're learning a lot about it. I know everybody was concentrating on the telomeres for a while, but mm -hmm. it seems like it, it has something to do with a lot of the nutrients that we have and don't have. And just uh, keeping up with that can drive you crazy. But I don't know, so far so good, you know. I, <laughs> I'm still able to chop wood and haul water. Yeah, chop wood and carry water. Before enlightenment, that's what you do. And after enlightenment, that's what you do. <laughs> Billy, I love your smile. You're so handsome. Yeah, yeah, Dark, Dr. Hart, other, I'm telling you. What other world problems can we solve here? Well, what, what do you think about the connection? Like I, I have friends that are being deplatformed or even bringing up and talking about the connection between 5G and COVID-19. You know anything about that or have any feelings there? Yes. Uh, 5G was the first city, Wuhan was the first city in China to install 5G. Yeah. Now, I did see a historical report that said whenever there was a new breakthrough in wireless you know, radiation, um, that there was an influence, there was some kind of viral outbreak. There were various forms of the influenza virus, the 1917, 1918, 1919 global pandemic, in which at least 100 million people died. Nobody knows they didn't count them in Africa or India or places like that. And uh, so, yes, and then even minor outbreaks when new sort of wrinkles in the, uh, you know, the different kinds of radiation that humans were exposed to. And so um, whether it's planned or accidental, I do think that there's, from based on the evidence that I've seen, that uh, there is a link there uh, 
And uh, I know NASA tried to block 5G. Uh, the Porsches behind it were so powerful that not even NASA could do this. There's a certain portion of the spectrum that uh, 5G uses that was critically important to NASA for predicting weather conditions. And, uh, they, and NASA was overruled, so there's powerful forces behind it. Yeah, it seems like it's something that we definitely should be paying attention to. I, I know I've read some of the writings from people in the early 19th century and they were saying even when radio waves were coming out they could tell a difference in the way people were thinking and acting mm -hmm. you know and now we're like millions of times past that sure we are bioelectromagnetochemical organisms and so you dose us with chemicals and we're altered you dose us with magnetic fields and we're altered you dose us with electric fields and we're altered whether yep. that's good or for ill uh, I think uh, it depends on the person and the situation, how you define good and ill. Um, and uh, I'm sure just like, you know, uh, with drugs, you can't give a drug legally to humans unless you know the LD50, lethal dose that'll kill 50% of a population. And so if you dose a population with a drug or an electromagnetic frequency, uh, there is some level of that at which 50% will die. That's the LD50. And so uh, it, it is, shall we say, not without risk. Yeah, that's for sure. So what, what do you think about the vaccines that they're developing for this? Well, uh, I've studied this uh, a bit. After MERS and SARS, there were concerted efforts to develop vaccines, both in China and in the US for coronaviruses. And no, no coronavirus has ever had a vaccine developed. Now, there is a uh, becoming dominant strain of the COVID-19 called D614G, David 614 George. Now, this is a form of the COVID virus, which if you have any antibodies, it will be far worse for you. Having antibodies will cause it to devastate your system more deeply and more rapidly. Now, how do you develop antibodies? Well, you could have a mild exposure or you could take a vaccine. And so right. if, if you take a vaccine, you become more vulnerable to the D614G variant of the coronavirus. See, this would make sense because I haven't, I haven't confirmed this, okay? But I've heard from pretty good sources, I just have to delve into it, that almost all of the people that are actually having serious health problems with COVID-19 had a, um, a shot earlier for coronavirus. So they've already been vaccinated for previous coronavirus strains. Oh, oh I see, like MERS and SARS. Yeah. Yep, yep, okay. Mm -hmm. So that would make sense what you're saying. You know, I, I suppose we, you know, we could keep talking about this and it, it actually gets down to a, a really important fundamental question. It, if it was on purpose, by design, or are we just out there stupidly creating uh, an environment where we're all playing around in a Petri dish? Oh, well, uh, there was a lab in India which uh, was the first to provide evidence confirming that the 
uh, novel coronavirus uh, uh, 19 is in fact man-made. And what this lab in India discovered was that it was a coronavirus that had four genetic inserts that came from, guess where? The AIDS virus, the HIV virus, and four pieces were picked out, of genetic pieces were picked out of the AIDS virus and inserted into this coronavirus. Now, let me tell you what this means. These inserts have to do with how the virus attaches to human cells. And so it makes it far more infectious. But beyond that, because it has four of them, the coronavirus has four different ways to attach to human cells. So if your body is infected by the coronavirus and one of these mechanisms is used and you somehow fight it off, the virus can simply turn around and use one of its other attachments and it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new infection. So people who've had it and recovered and succumb to it again are, it's just the same virus attaching in a new way. Now this is, uh, now to give you an idea how right on this lab in India was, the Chinese government put such pressure, and I don't know if it was, threats of assassination or what, but they put such pressure on this lab in India that they withdrew their published paper. Hmm. Yes. So they, they actually sequenced it, the genome? Yes, and they found that it had four genetic fragments from the AIDS virus that had been inserted into it. And they all have to do with how it attaches to human cells. Don't you think it's sort of strange, I mean, going down this line of thought, uh, that event 201, did you ever watch that? No. Okay, What's event 201, they did that in October or November of last year. And it was all of the, it was actually financed by Bill Gates, but they had all of the top people from the World Economic Forum to the IMF to the World Bank and geneticists and biologists. And the whole thing was a, a mock uh, roundtable discussion on what they should do if and when a pandemic would hit. Well, yes, I heard about that. I read about it. I didn't know it was called Event 201. Yeah, and everything that's happening now is happening. They they said they would have to control social media, even mm -hmm. if it was you know deplatforming. They would yep. have to filter out any dissenting points of views because mm -hmm. any can quote unquote conspiracy theories could. Yep interfere with what was their plans and it just goes on and on and on and how did they know to do that or was it just coincidence that they would do something like that right at the time because i, I think the uh, the genome that was se sequenced by india i think they did that in october didn't they of last year that sounds about right yeah all of this stuff was happening right about the same time that it was getting ready to proliferate all over the world. And now I don't know when I look out there and I see everything happening, uh, you know, Nasara, Gasara, uh, the great um, reset, all of this stuff is starting to come into full view now. And it looks like they're, they're taking advantage of this because everything is in such a state of flux that this would be the time to inject new systems into this chaos. Well, you know about the Georgia Guidestones, right? Yeah. Okay, it says there, the human population will be maintained at 500 million. Now- In several languages. 
that's a dead, that's a lot of dead bodies. Well, go to the United Nations website, pull up Agenda 21, that's actually Agenda 30 now, and they say the same thing in there. By 2030, they want the world population to get down to a half a billion people, yeah. which basically means about 14 out of 15 of us have to find a different place to live or not live. Mm-hmm. And this is well, FEMA has bought, FEMA has bought millions of plastic coffins, each big enough for about three adult bodies. I've seen photographs of them uh, uh, stacked up on runways of small airports in Georgia and other places in the South. Right. Yes, yeah, I've seen uh, Alex Jones and um, Jesse Ventura went down and snuck in and got a bunch of pictures of them. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely something to think about. Um, okay. Let's let's do this. This is something that probably might not be too popular with a lot of people, but for a moment, let's be the devil's advocate here. Like, if you want to understand your enemy, first you have to identify them, which we've done a pretty good job. But you also have to understand, because they're not getting up every morning and going, okay, today I'm going to go out and do evil. They actually think they're doing the right thing for themselves, their group of people, and the planet. And the truth be told, there probably are too many people on the planet, you know? Well, or they're living a, a lifestyle that is not sustainable. But let me go back. Let me take this because along about 1982 and 1983, David Rockefeller was saying, and he's very influ- was a very influential man, the human population needs to be reduced 90%. And I was reading in Science Magazine, for example, for a new large mammalian species to evolve, we're talking giraffes, elephants, rhinos, things like that, hippos, for a new uh, large mammalian species to evolve, there would need to be at least 10,000 square miles of territory not populated by humans. Well, there ain't such territory, maybe in Antarctica, uh, but uh, nowhere else on the planet. So there was a part of me that was going, well, yeah, you know, maybe there are too many people like that. Um, But then in 1983, Peter Russell presented uh, at the Psychosynthesis Conference in Toronto uh, a presentation called The Global Brain. And in there, he pointed out that in order to have uh, a, a living cell, you need about... 10 billion atoms. You can't make a living cell with a thousand atoms or a hundred thousand, even a hundred million. You need about 10 billion atoms in order to have enough diversity to make a living cell. Okay, so let's take a, a neuron. And he said, you need at least 10 billion neurons uh, and then connected together an appropriate network in order to have enough complexity to have the emergence of a self-reflective consciousness. So at the next level up, where we look at our brains as the neurons of the global brain, we would need about 10 billion of us in order to like and connect them into a network with the biocybernet technology or with this technology that Cliff High says is going to come out of Antarctica, the alien civilization there, where we'll all be telepathic. You know, we don't need the wires if we're all telepathic. And so we, and when we have about 10 billion human brains on the planet, when we can connect these brains into a network, we can have the emergence then 
of a planetary consciousness. And you can't do it with 500 million people. You need 10 billion of us. And right. so we have to have sustainability. Now, uh, I told you earlier uh, about the fact that the grand solar minimum that we're going into, and there's several things about magnetic fields that I need to explain further. The grand solar minimum that we're going into is going to um, uh, make it very uh, hard to grow food. And so uh, there is a company, uh, and if you want, I can send you the link to it. Uh, and they are growing algae in brackish water in the deserts of New Mexico. Now these algae, which they uh, found in the ocean, love brackish water that's hostile to other microbes. So you're not gonna get easy contamination in there. And these microbes produce both protein um, and uh, they produce uh, other uh, products which are essential to uh, human life. And this is very rare. And so, you know, we can make cakes of algae. Maybe they could be made into look like, taste like hamburgers, who knows? But we can, in the deserts of South, of, you know, of New Mexico and uh, Arizona and Texas and uh, Southern California, we can grow enough food to feed the whole planet. So, uh, you know, but you know, the, the COVID is teaching people how to stay home. You don't have to get into a 400 cubic inch engine four by and go ripping up across the terrain, tearing up the native creatures, homelands, habitats, it's possible to stay home and have low energy expenditures, work out in your home. And so people are being taught how to have a lower energy, less destructive on the environment lifestyle. Now, I love dualies. Uh, and as you know, I love motorcycles. Uh, but uh, I certainly am sympathetic with you don't want to go ripping up the uh, natural environment quite as much as we've been doing. And so with solar power um, and with the free energy device that's going to come out of the alien civilization in Antarctica based on silver, uh, you know, we won't, we'll be able to power our homes and our vehicles uh, in a radically new and different way. And so Yes, Earth can have 10 billion of us. We just have to change our lifestyles. And then that'll be enough of us to link together to form the global brain. And whoopee, that's when life really begins. Yeah, because it, it's at that point. Okay, we to continue this on, once we have planetary consciousness, at that point, the goal seems to me would be to connect with the sun, to have solar cosmic consciousness within our solar system. Ooh, and Billy, then, you're giving me goosebumps. Look at that. And oh, then from sun, yes, from yes, our yes. sun, we yes. would connect to other suns in the galaxy. And then we would have a galactic consciousness, which might be there now. We might be working towards that. Sure. Once we had galactic consciousness. We don't have to, our entry card yet. No, we're getting there though. Yeah. But ima imagine if you were galactic consciousness Mm -hmm. And now you're connecting with other galaxies. Right. And it's at the end game of this whole thing would be have universal consciousness again, mm -hmm. back where we probably started from, except mm. with all of this information and all of this experience. And then at that point, I think we might go, oh, my God. Yes. Now the next yes. step is to take <laughs> our universe 
and connect with other universes. Parallel universes. Yes. Yeah. I'm reading a book called Parallel Universes of Self. Very, very, by Dodson. Dodson. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of the book. I haven't read it, but Mm -hmm. yeah, we might be on the very beginning of an amazing journey through space and time and who knows what we're actually part of. Like if our whole universe was just a tiny bubble in a froth yeah. of mm-hmm. an ocean of universes, there we go. what is that being that we're part of that mm-hmm. a universe is nothing more than a, a tiny, tiny cell? Yes. Well, if you look at the star maps from the deep space explorations, the luminous matter seems to be gathered into thin sheets that enclose voids. The structure of the universe is cellular, with luminous material being the membranes that enclose dark voids. It's a cellular structure as you go out. Right. More goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you see a baby come out of the womb, you know, it's had all of its needs taken care of, it's been in this oneness, and then it comes out and it encounters a world where there's all kinds of other beings. There's a mother being, there's a father being, there's a brother being, there's a sister being, there's neighbor beings. There's beings all over. It's so fun and wonderful. Yeah, and, and, and that's like when the, we our, our global consciousness, when it wakes up, then we'll discover that there's other global consciousnesses there. Well, it, imagine this. I mean, re- relatively speaking, imagine light. that... I need more light ring light or something no Let's imagine go. that if we if you and i were cellular consciousness inside yes. your body okay and maybe we're part of your heart mm-hmm. we can hear the the feel the pulsation of your heart yeah but our our senses would be really limited but if we could be part of the central nervous system and wake up to this body yes. all of a sudden have vision and hearing and taste and all these sensual and there's another whole reality out here that we had no idea about. I understand, but if I'm going to do it here, I need more light. I mean, we can. Yeah. You got the ring light in there? I'll go get it. Great. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, they wake up to these higher states of consciousness. We might peer out into another totally different reality. Well, you know, Drumflow has over 1,000 photos of the plasma beings. Uh, a lot, he said, his people have set up cameras around Popocatapetl volcano in Mexico. And he has, they go in and out of the solid rock. Now, I actually met one of these on a Drunvlo workshop here in Sedona. We went out, walked up uh, Schnebly Road, walked out, you know, over a canyon, and then he did a guided meditation. They, he, the, these beings, these currently plasma beings, live in large selenite crystals, he says, about three or 400 miles into the earth. They used to be physical beings with bodies living on the surface. As they evolved, they chose not to leave Mother Earth, but rather to go inside. And so I, we guided meditation, I went down and I met one, and they're very, very intelligent. And he uploaded into me a way to design systems to design future biocybernaut systems is very cool. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of the evolutionary goal and living on the surface of a planet that's really dangerous. volatile. It's huh? dangerous. Look what happened to the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything can happen out here as we can plainly yeah. see right yeah. now. Yeah, 
Well, and that gives me, uh, we have to go further. Remember I said I wanted to talk about magnetic fields. Do you know who Ben Davidson is? No. He runs uh, spaceweathernews.com and suspiciousobservers.org. And oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's by Ben Davidson. And he, he does a five or six minute thing about 6 a.m. every morning. Right. And he does space weather and earthquakes and things like that. And he said two things you never want to have happen at the same time are a grand solar minimum and a reversal of the Earth's magnetic field. Well, that's what's happening now. We are going into a grand solar minimum. Now, the reason it gets cold, let me do a very quick uh, tutorial. Um, 200 years ago, William Herschel, the British astronomer, discovered, because he tracked the uh, London uh, commodities market as well as sunspots, there was a negative correlation between the number of sunspots and the price of wheat. When there were a lot of sunspots, food was cheap. When there were few sunspots, food was expensive. Nobody knew why. 1997, two Danish climate scientists proposed a theory that uh, the strength of the interplanetary solar magnetic field varies with the number of sunspots. When there are a lot of sunspots, the sun's magnetic field stretches way out past Pluto and deflects incoming cosmic rays. Dangerous those things are. Well, when there are few sunspots, the sun's magnetic field is weak and it shrinks, and so more of those dangerous cosmic rays come into the inner solar system, hit the Earth, and when they hit the upper atmosphere, they form the seed particles of clouds, which makes it cloudier, wetter, and colder, hence grand solar minimum. Okay, uh, and it's now, it's now well established that uh, the strength of the solar interplanetary magnetic field varies with the phase of the solar cycle, but during the grand solar minimum from 1645 to 1715, there were essentially no sunspots, and it got really, really cold on planet Earth, and the Ming Dynasty in China collapsed. In Europe, there was mass starvation and mass migration to the South. And so there will be again as we go into this 33-year grand. So you're saying 2028? 2028 to 2033 will be the bottom of the cycle. Those will be the five coldest years. Now, during those years, there will be no food grown outdoors north of the 45th parallel. And as we get closer, food production will drop dramatically. And as we come out of it, food production will only emerge gradually. So there's going to be a lot of hungry people. So store food and learn how to grow indoors is, uh, the, is, is the takeaway. But you see, the solar magnetic field is only one of the fields that protects us from cosmic rays. The Earth also has a magnetic field, but periodically... The solar, the, the Earth's magnetic field reverses. If it's like sticking out of the Earth like this, this is the surface of the Earth, the field strength gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and it may be near zero for about a thousand years, and then it comes out the other side. North goes the other way. And you can prove this by going to the Mid Atlantic Ridge and drilling down into the seafloor because their magma is upwelling constantly, pushing North America and Europe apart, and also Africa and South America apart. North America is moving west about four centimeters a year. And when the rock hardens, it preserves the strength of the, the direction of the magnetic field. And you can see in adjacent segments, the magnetic field is north and south, and then north and south. And so it switches. But when it goes to zero, we're vulnerable to these incoming cosmic rays. So Ben Davidson said, you never want to have a grand solar minimum and a reversal of the magnetic field of the Earth at the same time. And that's what's coming. But there's another grand magnetic field that we're also going to lose. Going back humans, maybe three million years since the ascent of uh, the Homo lineage, um, 
we've been, our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, has been in a region of intergalactic space where there are very powerful magnetic fields that have further protected us. But as the Milky Way galaxy moves toward the great attractor, the region of the sky toward which all galaxies seem to be moving, and nobody knows why, but we're moving out of this a protective galactic magnetic field. And so Ben Davidson said, humanity will be challenged as never before in its three million year history. So we are gonna have to come together. We are gonna have to cooperate and we may have to go underground. Right, that would make sense. You know, there's a lot of deep underground military bases. Over 140 of them connected by, in some cases, May, uh, tubes dug by these gigantic atomic-powered Air Force uh, drills, uh, three, about three stories high. They melt the rock and, and so on. Uh, and some of them, I'm told, uh, are evacuated and they had, have maglev trains, uh, bullets, uh, uh, you know, hurtling along at, uh, you know, very, very high velocities unimpeded by air um, with magnetic levitation. But yeah, so the, the alternate or the breakaway civilization still depends on the surface for food. But yeah, the missing trillions of dollars from the federal government budget may well have gone to uh, build these underground uh, bases or cities. You know, we really need this alternative energy. Because yes. for anything like we're yes. talking about to work, I mean, we could grow food underground if we had alternative energy yes. to supply the, the lights and everything. Well, let me go a little further. I've only got four minutes left, and I'm on another uh, podcast. Um, along with the grand solar minimum increase in clouds, when those cosmic rays strike the upper atmosphere, there are included in the cosmic ray subatomic particles called muons, which penetrate hundreds of kilometers into the Earth, where they are preferentially absorbed by silica-rich magma, which they heat up like microwaves, causing the magma to get really, really hot, and you get explosive eruptions, and this lubricates earthquake faults, and you get a lot of earthquakes. I've known for about five years that during grand solar minima, there's a big global increase in volcanism and uh, earthquakes. I didn't know why until last November, where it was revealed in a, a scientific paper that the uh, cosmic ray flux contains these muons. Okay, so now we can expect in this solar cycle, probably both the northern and the southern San Andreas to blow and the Cascadia Fault to blow, and also the New Madrid Fault running up the Mississippi River and the Ohio Rivers to blow. Well, along those rivers are 25 old nuclear reactors built by Westinghouse water-cooled with no seismic safety, and all the spent cooling rods are in uh, pools outside the reactors that if the water goes off, the zirconium burns, there will be clouds of radioactivity released from these 25 nuclear reactors, which will circle the northern hemisphere. And so it'll be very important to be underground or to be able to be underground for a while. And now for the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, when I met Drunvalo in March of 2006, he said, unless we intervene with consciousness, there will be days soon to come in which two billion people will die. Well, the smallest plural number, days, is, is two. And so if two billion people die on two days, that's four billion people. That's a big chunk of humanity. And so we really do need to intervene with consciousness. And we need to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Well, I'll, I'll let you get going, Dr. Hart. Such delight to be with you again. Give my love to Dara. I wish I could give you both big hugs. 
I will. You're very, very precious, special people to me. Yeah, likewise, Dr. Hart. You take care. Thank you, Bill. Bye-bye. Bye.